0: Light of infinite. Out of sight, out of mind is a very truthful line. Anyone who's gone through a breakup might remember how seemingly impossible it feels to stop thinking about your ex all the time. But when you stop seeing them physically, you start seeing them less in your mind, and eventually the preoccupation subsides. This week's parasha shlach, this Torah portion, teaches us how to do the opposite for Hashem, for God. How to keep God always in mind, even if God is in some ways always out of sight. We need to reveal the concealed, bring Hashem to our awareness as we move throughout the day. This is the power of the mitzvot, the commandments and the brachot, the blessings, elevating what's created back to its creator, its source. This act also connects us to our source. I've always found the L'shem Yechud verse, for the sake of unification, very powerful. Svartim and some Hasidim traditionally say some form of the L'shem Yechud prior to doing any mitzvah. Chabad say it before Baruch Shamar and that's meant to apply throughout the day. For the sake of unification of the Holy One, blessed be He, and His presence, in awe and in love, to unite the name Yudke vavke Yudke, the masculine part of the divine, and Vavke, the feminine part of the divine, in perfect unity, in the name of all Israel. Last week we touched on the Zer Anpin and the Nukva. This verse is meant to speak about their unification. As a result of our spiritual exile, we are far removed from the Edenic state and our godly souls, and so the Shekhinah is not in a state of proper union with the Zer Anpin. Reciting this verse with pure intention is meant to rectify the disunity and concealment. The verse's power is filled with the reality of the entire purpose of the Torah, which is for the sake of the unity of the Holy One, blessed be He, the Zer Anpin, and the Shekhinah, the Nukva, the pride of Zer Anpin, the small face, the term used by Kabbalah, and the divine attributes which parallel emotions, or the seven lower spherot, an Aramaic for the Hebrew word Nekeva, meaning feminine. As it says in Tilim, in Psalms, Open my eyes that I may behold the wonders of your Torah. Need to be actively aware. It's not just by thought or speech, it's also by action that we become holy. As Big Sean raps on Justin Bieber's seminal album Believe, the grass ain't always greener on the other side, it's greener where you water it. It's like this with anything, our relationship with our partner, with life, and even more so with our source, the light of the infinite. We need to open our eyes and align with the present, and have that presence manifest concretely. The Psukim, the verses that we read this week, contain so much wisdom on how to open our eyes. The deep Kabbalistic and mystical power of Tzitzit are a part of it. The other is understanding human nature and how to elevate oneself to divine consciousness. So we read, Speak to the Israelites and have them make tassels on the corners of their garments for all generations. And when you see them, you shall remember all the God's commandments so as to keep them. You will then not stray after your hearts and eyes which is in the past, have led you to immorality. In this verse, we are commanded to perform the ritual of tzitzit, to see them and in seeing to remember Hashem's commandments and in seeing and remembering to keep them. It's their being in sight that reminds us and brings us to action. Judaism is a religion that's built on action. Love without loving action grows stale and often leads to a distancing from what once felt unbreakable. The Hebrew word for love, Ahava, has the root word HAV which means to give, which means love is synonymous with giving. Our faith is tied with action because action is giving of oneself. And it's through the mitzvot and other Jewish rituals that attachment, clarity, unification, and love manifest themselves. We have 613 mitzvot. The word tzitzit has the numerical value of 600 and the tzitzit themselves have eight strings and five knots totaling 613. So the mitzvot that we are commanded to remember and to follow are contained in the tzitzit themselves, as it's written, and you shall see it and remember all the commandments of God. The corners of the garments, Kanfei Bigdehem, represents Kanfei Nisharim, the eagle's wings with which Hashem spirited the Jews out of Egypt. The Zohar teaches that the eagle represents compassion, which is synonymous with dot, with higher perception, and that the most effective dot is tied to protecting against immorality. By wearing and seeing the tzitzit, a person merits mortality. Kanfei Sharim is the concept that transcends time and space. Just as our four-corner garments of the tzitzit is meant to elevate a person to the concept that transcends time and space, all of the Torah's commandments are meant to take physicality and elevate it to spiritualize reality. It's only when we act with the intent to unify ourselves with the divine consciousness that we can unify the animal and the godly soul within us. The tzitzit are said to gather exiles towards redemption, which is why we gather their four corners into one hand prior to reciting the Shema, which of course includes the very paragraph on Tzitzit from the parasha, the Torah portion, that we're reading. Mitzrayim, Egypt, reflects Mitzar, a narrow, constricted space, which is the definition of exile, spiritual narrowness and constriction. Mitzrayim is referred to as Ervataaret, the nakedness of the land, which of course is referring to the immorality that was rampant within it. Rabnaton of Breslov explains that exile and immorality are bound together because the further one moves away from godliness and holiness, which are beyond space, the more the person becomes entangled in space, meaning in exile. To serve and connect with Hashem, each person has to rise above immorality and transcend exile. That is the purpose of tzitzit. The Lubavitch Rebbe in Likutei Sichot asks the question, if the tzitzit are to remind us of the mitzvot, wouldn't it be sufficient to have the tzitzit themselves and not to be required? only if wearing a garment. The Rebbe goes on to explain that the talit is mekhif. It's, it encompasses a person. Unlike food that is taken internally, a garment encompasses from without. So the talit signifies a reality beyond comprehension, as it's external and surrounds the person. It's beyond the person. So that we see with 613 mitzvot, that the tzitzit remind us that they come from the talit, something that transcends intellect. The mitzvah of taking tzitzit is only applicable with the talit. And not on its own. The mitzvah is only when tzitzit are suspended from the all-encompassing Talit, to remind us that all of Torah and mitzvot derive from a source beyond our comprehension. Jumping back into the verse and the power of sight, the word tzitzit is related to the word lehat tzitz, which means to look. The idea is to be mindful of what one looks at, so that sight, memory, and action are all connected to holiness and not impurity. The idea is to be mindful of what one looks at, so that sight, memory, and action are all connected to holiness, and not impurity. As we covered in the podcast, The Secret to Blessing, what we look at becomes images in our mind, stored in our subconscious. Therefore we need to be careful about what we take into our conscious mind, our intellect, the nefesh hasichlit, it's coloring our subconscious towards good. Since even when our intention in our conscious thoughts are for the best, our subconscious can still sabotage them. The reason for this is because our subconscious doesn't actually work with reason or logic, but rather with images and emotions. If we understand in any given situation that there's nothing to be afraid of, but our subconscious mind pulls from the past images stored and stuck, we will feel afraid nevertheless. Since the part of our brain that our subconscious mind sits in takes up more than 97%, and the part that compromises our consciousness 3%, we need to be that much more careful to replace negative imagery with positive. This is what will balance our conscious and subconscious and bring us closer to a space of tranquility which brings blessings. The Shema prayer that contains this verse from our parasha from this Torah portion is a declaration of our faith. It's said multiple times a day and has been fervently recited by our people since we were told its meaning over 3,000 years ago. The powerful verse reads Shema Israel, Hashem Elokeinu Hashem Echad Listen Israel, God is our Lord, God is one. The five knots of the tzitzit correspond to the first five words of the Shema, our declaration of faith. The sixth word of the Shema is echad, one, which represents divine unity. We deepen the lesson of not straying after your heart and eyes during the ritual of the Shema as we cover our eyes with our right hand with which we recite the first verse. The Hebrew word for eye, ayin, sounds like the letter ayin, which has a numerical value of 70. A person's eyes can lead them to the roots of the Torah, which is associated with the 70 members of Yaakov's household, or they can lead a person astray, toward material desires, like that of the archetypal 70 nations of the world. Kabbalah explains that there were 70 nifashot souls, who descended to Egypt, which counter the 70 ministers of the other nations. The numerical value of the Kabbalistic concept of sod, secret, is 70, which represents the lower seven sfirot: the chesed, Devura, tiferet, Netzach, chod, yesod, and malchut, included within the 10 sefirot. So when we close our eyes and meditate on speaking out this mantra of the Shema, we are reaffirming our faith and transcending material desires toward a unification with divine consciousness. In the verse that's included in the Shema, you may have noticed when it says Levavchem, hearts, it's actually plural. Each person has two conflicting inclinations to which the two hearts in this verse allude. We all have the Yetzer Atov, our godly soul, the good inclination, that that wants to connect to the light of the infinite, gratified only through connection with the creator. And on the other hand, we have the Yitzhara, our animal soul, the evil inclination, the part that is tied to the physical, that's connected to the finite, that wants to immerse itself in all the pleasures of this world, gratified only through the self. The Hebrew word for olam, which is etymologically related to the word helem, meaning concealment, our bodies and the sitra achra, the side of impurity, find pleasure in conquering elements of this world. But our Yetzir Tov reaches beyond this world of concealment and only wants to unify with the truth and to elevate the concealing darkness by revealing the light within it. Rabbi Chaim Vital wrote in Shara HaKadusha that every Jew, whether righteous or wicked, possesses two souls, as it says in Isaiah, and the nishamot, souls which I have made. As it stated in the Tanya, one soul, the nefesh Halokit, a piece of God literally, which is located on the right chamber of the heart and the other soul is the nefesh ha the animal soul located in the left chamber of the heart. This soul originates from the klipah, the shell or peel. Just as the peel conceals the fruit, Hashem conceals the godly life force within the shell of everything in creation. Our task is to unify our hearts and souls, to serve Hashem with both our yitzhar Hatov and the yitzhar Hara, to make our animal soul subservient to our godly soul. With everything in creation, we have a choice which soul we will approach it with. Our animal soul, can use sex to try to satiate lust, or our godly soul can use it to connect with a partner and ultimately emulate Hashem by creating life itself. We can eat food in a similar fashion to other creatures, or we can elevate the food by meditating on it, saying a blessing on it, realizing how incredible it is to be able to have what we need, using the strength that the food gives us to continuously connect, learn, and inspire others, all to bring light and truth into the olam, the world, pushing away concealment bit by bit. The Altar Rebbe teaches in Tanya that the Shema prayer, in particular, is an opportunity for focused meditation that could bring a mochin de-gadlut, an expanded consciousness of the supernal mind. It's a time when we can connect to our three intellectual powers, chokhmah, bina, and dat, translated as wisdom, understanding, and knowledge, which are an acronym for the word chabad. By being mindful of this while reciting and meditating on the Shema prayer, we can fill the right chamber of the heart where our divine soul manifests emotionally with love, thereby creating a devekut, a clinging to the infinite one, with the mitzvah out of love. This has been expanded upon by many rabbinic sources and breaks down a threefold process. One, focused meditation on the light of the infinite, which leads to two, emotional arousal, which leads to three, a renewed connection and commitment to observe the mitzvot, the commandments, all of which is spelled out in the prayer itself. Meditation, hear O Israel, God is our God, God is one emotional arousal, and you shall love God, your God, and observance of the mitzvot, bind them as a sign on your hand, write them on your doorposts of your house. This meditative, emotional arousal is also the goal of the tefillah, the prayer that precedes the Shema. The Alter Rebbe explains that in this time, the Yetzir Hara, the evil inclination that resides in the left chamber of your heart, where the animalistic soul manifests, is temporarily subdued by the good which has spread to the right chamber, by the chokhmah, bina, and Dot in your brain. It's in this meditation that when focused on the light of the infinite, we can receive the Mochin de galut, the expanded consciousness of the supernal mind. Growing up as a Yemenite Jew, I learned to form my hand into a shin, the first letter of the Shema, by placing my thumb and pinky together, leaving my index, middle finger, and right fingers upright. Once I had this formation, I would close my eyes and place my pinky on my left eye and my thumb on my right. As I got to the last word of the Shema, Echad, I would bring all fingers together, forming a unit and a sort of Dalit, the last word of Echad. Then I would kiss my finger and raise them to the heavens and grab my tzitzit to hold throughout the rest of the Shema. It's a powerful ritual and one of connection and transcendence. Tzitzit are an interesting mitzvah. As Rabbi Aryeh Kaplan points out, it isn't a mitzvah in its own right, like tefillin, but is actually only applicable if a person is wearing a four-cornered garment. But our clothing is always meaningful, and how we can elevate what we wear is important. Only humans wear clothing, and even the most remote societies and people tend to cover their sexual organs. Clothing, even at its most skimpy, is still tied to modesty. The tzitzit are a way to understand the potential in the most mundane. A piece of clothing meant to cover parts of your body can also elevate as a physical object that contains all of Torah. It's that potential of elevating physicality into holiness that each person is meant to be mindful of. When we see the tzitzit, remember the mitzvot, the commandments, and take inspiration to act in alignment with their godly soul, their yitzhar hatov, their good inclination. Jumping back into the verse from Te'ilim, from Psalms, open my eyes that I may behold the wonders of your Torah. The reason that King David asked Hashem to open his eyes to see the soul of the Torah through the body of the Torah is because the purpose of giving of the Torah and the creation of the entire world is that Jews should use their God given abilities, their eyes, to discover Him and His Torah within the physical world. This ultimate purpose is realized more through the performance of the mitzvot than the learning of the Torah, because mitzvot are more focused on the transformation of the physical world into a godly space. In order for a mitzvah to achieve the full transformative effect, the body action must be done according to the body of the Torah, halakha, and the soul intent of a mitzvah must be done through learning the soul of the Torah, chasidut. To elevate earth up to heaven is to elevate the body and physicality to a place beyond limitation. As physical creatures, we can't fully defeat the forces of fate. We're constricted by time and space. But our souls, the part of us that are infinite, can reach beyond these constrictions. It's only when we choose with our souls to surpass our limitations that we can connect to the true unification and bring the redemption that is currently concealed in physicality. I'm praying for peace, revealed good, and abundance of blessings, and the final redemption. Dive in deeper at light of